1: 606 to the 505 is more 411 here for you. Third hour, I am at Aragon, the Rock of Talk. AM 1600, Kiavier, 93.7 FM. Third hour, D-Dub Musco to my left. Am I going to work a little bit less this hour, Dad? You got lots of stuff. You ready to oh. serve up along with that Chile Cariba over at uh, oh, so good. Uh, are you still ready? Um, yeah. Uh, well, I th- isn't Rudy really bringing me a green chili cheeseburger today? Um, yeah, something. Yeah, something. Oh, yeah, I thought I was going to get some Kilchek brew that was going to make it. You way. know, we're all
0: we're all down about this nightmarish debate last night. I, I have something. I have some wonderful news. Please. Okay, and I'm reading the remarks right here, and they were spoken by. Someone you're a big fan of, Mr. Yeah? Aragon. I Who believe would that, that would be, be the uh, 45th president, oh, uh, chief executive. The, you uh, mean the greatest? Uh, yes. yes, the commander of the military, the um, yes. Uh, this is how he feels, leader of himself. the executive branch of the federal government, Mr. Donald Trump. Right. Um, he brought up something last night, and d- d- despite the, what do, what do they call it? There's, it's a hot mess inside a dumpster fire falling down a hill. Um, he brought up something last night that I don't know that anyone has brought up. Uh, to a national audience, to an audience of the size of last night. I mean, how many people are watching or listening? It must have been many tens of millions. According to CNN, 65 million. 65 million Americans last night heard, it's, quote, it's almost like being in prison. Look at what's going on with divorce, alcoholism, drugs. It's very sad. Biden will close the whole thing. We don't need someone to come in and shut it down, close quote. That is your president speaking to 65 million people saying, you know what, folks? there are unintended consequences of this so-called public health lockdown that we have been laboring under, suffering from for six months now. And for Trump to say that and recognize these policies actually have unintended consequences, there's a cost of these, and I would argue the cost is, is that when this is all tallied, the cost will probably be greater than whatever lives were allegedly saved by this. Uh, for the president to mention that in what was otherwise, you know, everyone is condemned as a horrible, horrible event. Right. But for that... Diamond bullet, to quote Colonel Kurtz, uh, coming through uh, all of that dumpster fire. And for him to say that, of course, Biden had nothing in response to that because he's just all on board. We read that article what a week ago from Politico about how his staff is... They're all soy boys and Karens are all terrified about Rona. They they soak everything and scrub everything that he comes into contact with before and after. They're all they're, You know, we know even in New Mexico, they're not going out knocking on doors because they think it's instant death. If you, you know, they walk around a neighborhood.
1: campaign manager two weeks ago. Oh, nice,
0: nice. Um, I'll give it to you again. Quote, it's almost like being in prison. Look at what's going on with divorce, alcoholism, drugs. It's very sad. Biden will close down the whole thing. We don't need someone to come in and shut it down. That was your president in the midst of this, yes, uh, excrement show last night, providing insight and reality and the cold, clear truth of the unintended consequences of the Rona lockdown. Now, I know Michelle Lujan Grisham and most New Mexico's legislators don't care about that, but Trump said a deep truth last night.
1: It's not that they don't care or would care. It's just that they're completely disconnected. What we found time and time again with most Democrats, they're focused on the agenda. Uh, The reactionary... uh, emotion, and man who is sitting there holding the hands, walking with his footprints on the beach with you, uh, dare I say it for you Christians out there, this man is plugged into everything day in, day out, without a script, by your side, and trying to make the world a little bit a better place for you, despite the reluctance of these Democrats. So I think it's a lack of, 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 of connection. Um, not paying attention and not caring enough about other people. Uh, to say that uh, the Democrats uh, lack empathy, uh, I think, is the understatement of the century in the, the year 2020. They came out of the COVID-19 not talking about anything but, oh, how am I feeling? And, oh, well, didn't you know how they're feeling? Black Lives Matter. Or, you know, how do you go from that to that if you're just completely disconnected? Mm. We are talking about the worst unemployment rate since the Great Depression, uh, coming in and uh in you know, the worst economic calamity that has hit us uh since nine 11 and you've got a a president who's not only just working against corona and working against all the other things that they, that any president would have to take on but also working at, uh, against an opposing party who would rather see this country as uh bill. I forget the guy's Maher mm. uh, aptly said, "Yeah, if we can crash this economy and it means that uh, no Donald Trump, then right. we have done a good right. thing." Yeah,
0: yeah, they're, they're they're perfectly comfortable with it. Um, New Mexico, uh, we've never had an un- unemployment rate higher. Uh, going, I looked at all the way back history in, in the history of the Bureau of Labor Statistics yes. at the federal yes. level. I couldn't find a higher unemployment rate than the one that we've had the last couple months. And that um, is
1: not Donald Trump's fault. No. No, it is not. Um, the misery index, uh, and that normally was the inflation coupled with the unemployment rate. The first time we exceeded 20% was the uh, late 70s, if I'm not mistaken. Is that about right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. so
1: we looked yeah. at that of the inflation, that misery index, which so many of us uh, learn in, uh, in, in uh, economics. Uh, never been higher, and then, well, here it is. It's higher. The only reason that it wasn't worse is because the interest rates happened to be where they were. Yeah, and for all you uh, moon bats out there
0: who think, oh, all they want to talk about is the economic damage and, and un- unemployment rates, and while well, people are dying... Let's talk about a, a different kind of, uh, of, uh, of unintended consequence. Uh, Santa Fe, New Mexican. a couple days ago, the newspaper, the number of tips law enforcement has received about adults making online sexual solicitations toward children has doubled since the covid 9 pandemic hit New Mexico. Of course, if you were a good journalist, you would have written, wrote, wrote, uh, since the uh, governor imposed a lockdown that she linked to the covid nine pandemic. That would have been Um, more honest. Yeah. uh, An expert on human trafficking told a legislative committee Thursday, this is not Eddie Aragon talking out of his rear end, this is not D. Dowd Muska talking out of his rear end about conspiracy theories. This is a legislative committee hearing from an expert on human trafficking a few days ago. Quote, we've seen a huge increase in tips over the past couple of uh, years, and specifically during the pandemic, when schools began sending children home, according to Anthony Maez, a special agent for the state attorney general's office, uh, he was telling that to the Legislative uh, Health and Human Services Committee, he said that the amount of cyber tips to his agency has doubled from 100 to 200 per month, Quote: because more children have access to computer devices, that's definitely a concern for us, because those children are being N- Heist. Uh, he also said the AG's office is getting more cyber tips from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Uh, the vast majority of these tips are regarding child pornography being created, distributed, or possessed in the state. So there's your to the lockdown, folks. Um, saving lives and and, and 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 bringing us back. You know, any minute now, the governor's talking lately about you know bringing the economy back. That's what she's done the last six months. Uh, it hasn't been just economic. These are lives destroyed, children potentially harmed from this, certainly harmed from this. And uh, we don't really want to talk about that in the national media or the local media, do we? Um, Good good for the president for bringing that up last night. And he could have mentioned cyber crimes against children. He, He mentioned drugs and alcoholism, domestic violence. So good for him, but he could have gone even deeper.
1: One of the things that was noted by Chris Wallace in a, a preamble to one of the questions that uh, he was asking is the uh, V-shaped recovery, a, a recovery quicker uh, than expected. And I think that took uh, Joe by surprise and mm-hmm. stammered a little bit uh, up on stage. But we are having a, a bit of a quick recovery because there's so many people uh, who want to get back to the economy that we had, which is an all-time historic low unemployment rate in the history of this country. I mean – this is a bad movie. If we were to watch this a hundred years from now, and we looked at what happened. And I'm sitting here in the year 2120, and I'm looking back what happened 100 years ago, and we look back, back to you know the the radio jocks that were over there talking about oh what a great economy. Well, they were happened to be right if in retrospect. And you look at this, and this, <clears throat> as I mentioned yesterday, Donald Trump will be after this uh, one of your original founding uh, uh, fathers because he will have had to resave. Uh, the republic, once again, is from the throes of the uh, swamp creatures, which have been occupying the White House uh, from uh, at least in 1988, um, if uh, we clear Reagan. And if you think about that, this is really our last chance to save the republic, and that's What's on the line? Let's score the uh, cards uh, last night, or not score the cards. You have lots of notes. I'm going to get to those. I'm going to give you most of the hour, and I'm going to I'm going to turn into the uh, co-host. I have to tell <laughs> you, I've been uh, working exceedingly hard, uh, Dowd, especially on the stuff with with Epstein, and then uh, doing a seven-hour uh, marathon. It takes it out of you, especially when you have to maintain that level of energy I don't even get to go out to the golf course this morning we know was it was the, it was that's the a sacrifice it was the <laughs> last day this was literally the last day of seven o'clock tea times oh. because of the, uh, the the time I mean I, I think uh, I have to look on my watch that's one of the great things I like about this little Apple watch is it yeah the uh, sunrise is sun yeah 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 sunrise sunset uh, moonrise sunsets at 6.50 uh, uh, 50 p.m and then uh, sunrise is gonna be just after 7, so it's now new tea times are 8 a.m., so you know, I'm going to be grumpy uh, without my golf. Those, those golfers are willing to get up before the sun rises. I mean, That's they, the best goal. You, they, you yeah, hit the ball yeah. with the dew. And no I, traffic. You know, there and, you go. Yeah, All right, so uh, run it down for us. Let's talk about the debate fallout.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> Do we have to? Please. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I, I, uh, I, I made a list just of some of my issues uh, regarding this. I mean, I think... Uh, I I love the attack on Donald Trump uh, for being, you know, unpresidential and and aggressive. His opponent called him the worst president in history, told him to (laughs) shut up and called him a clown. But Trump was the bully last night. I mean, you know, I mean, if you want to, do you want to really go down and score that? uh, I mean, point by point. Um, I do think Trump, you know, in this rush, mainstream media to, you know, condemn him uh, so much. I think he made a couple of, I think he scored some really good points on a couple of issues. Um, the law and order issue obviously huge. Yep. Uh, this, you know, these are my judges. I've been, I'm, I've told you I'm I'm going to nominate from the li- this list. You won't even uh, you won't even give your list and pinned him down. Uh, and I even think some libertarians who are generally not fun, 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 uh, fond 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 of of Donald Trump uh, writing this morning saying it was really good that he he pinned him down on on Biden's cowardice about not willing to go. State's position on court packing, uh, very, very good deal. Uh, Green New Deal, I think Trump did well on that. I think he could have made a stronger point. I think he could have really hit Biden. I think he should next time on this, uh, you know, I'm middle class Joe, I'm blue collar Joe. Well, Joe, uh, a lot of those blue collar jobs in your claimed home state of Pennsylvania have to do with fracking, and your 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 crazy crowd wants to shut that uh, all down. Um, and I think also next time, uh, of, of all of the bias Chris Wallace had last night, I think it's pretty clear he was biased um I think the the worst of all and of all people Rod Dreher who's a paleo conservative hates Can you say that Donald again Trump. Rod what? Rod uh, Dreher uh, I think it's G R E H E R absolutely hates uh, Donald Trump but he in his blog this morning on the American conservative um by calling it racial sensitivity and this, I actually asked one of the victims of this Casey Peterson who's on this program you know fairly regularly um the media Chris Wallace calling uh, hatred of white people, teaching white people to hate themselves and, and endlessly do this sort of self-assessment about their white privilege and, and, and all their ill-gotten booty because they've exploited uh, people of color, that's not diversity training, that's not racial sensitivity training. You know, That's the opposite of that. And for Chris Wallace to use the phrase racial sensitivity when it is... Hatred of white people. And I really think Trump could have, uh, and hope, I hope he does next time, say, I'm not going to accept that term. Uh, that's not what this is about. And and maybe if you could just memorize a couple of quick little passages about, you know, white white males, uh, how awful you are, and we need to teach you how awful you are. That would resonate with a, a, a wider group. Um, one of the stupidest things Biden did last night. He kept, uh, Can
1: I play a little quick clip
0: yeah. on what you're saying?
1: Go for it. Uh, I think this is important uh, from the standpoint of, sort of illustrating how Chris Wallace, I mean, getting along with MSNBC, CNBC, you know, CNN and the rest of them and trying to pin him down uh, almost as if uh, Donald Trump uh, was the racist or is a racist. Uh, Very interesting.
0: Are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, are you I'm prepared willing to, to do specifically that, do
2: it? Well, I, would ahead, say,
0: I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, 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 you you what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say say it. It. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name.
2: Give me a Whites name. White supremacists and white supremacists. White supremacists and white supremacists. Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do
0: something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right wing so problem.
1: So I think uh, the, the point's well taken. Uh, it would have been a little bit uh, better if it was uh, slightly clearer, but I mean, clearly you've got two men attacking one person yep. and not even letting him speak. Like provide clarification, and that did not happen. And it's, e- right.
0: it's easy to second guess people, but uh, I think maybe the, in, in hindsight, now the best thing the president could have said would say, "I absolutely condemn uh, any violent group, white or otherwise." Um, I'm going to kick that question over to Joe Biden. Um, are you gonna, are you willing to condemn the violence of Antifa and Black Lives Matter? Do you think Joe would have said that? He never. He would yeah. his base. He would do nothing to offend his base, and he would say, "Oh no." And Wallace didn't
1: provide the avenue either.
0: No, and if Wallace, Wallace was fair, he would have asked asked the question to both of them. Uh, even that wasn't fair because Trump is not a white supremacist and Trump is not def- not defending exactly. white supremacy. But yeah. anyway,
1: there's no doubt the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter uh, both financially and I think politically have been pushing forward the Democrat agenda, which they had no agenda to run on uh, after they ran out of the impeachment. The last, last thing they picked up was COVID nineteen, which bought them a lot of time. It's like they had an injured man out on the field, and yeah. they had they could figure out an entirely new game plan. Yep,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, just uh.
1: All right, next up. You yeah, you had something, <laughs> uh, something else. Uh,
0: yeah, no, I wanted to uh, just Wallace, I guess, has been getting uh, uh, some. I think properly, uh, Jason Woodlock, your friend, who I think was this was a fantastic piece he wrote, uh, firing at, at at Wallace about you know he's focusing on you know white supremacy and all this nonsense. While you've got violence in you know the proud the Proud Boys. That was you know how many Americans even know who the Proud Boys are? I mean, it was a it was a really good question. Whitlock posed. He he, he, as he said, the entire debate last night should have been about Antifa and BLM and how we shut down the violence and mayhem associated with those two groups. Uh, if you go to Antifa, Antifa.com, it redirects you to Joe Biden's presidential website. Uh, I'm not lying. Uh, excellent, excellent point. But I think the, what Whitlock was arguing was basically This you're talking about the Proud Boys and climate change in a country that has been suffered a tremendous economic calamity, where cities, in some cases, are still burning, <laughs> where we don't know where the next riot is going to be, uh, and this delusional stuff. I mean, Chris Wallace was totally clued into what the media, you know, the East Coast elite coastal media cares about. Um, can you imagine a debate where, where, where a moderator basically asked very simple questions and let the, let the candidates mix it up? Um, Gentlemen, we have a $28 trillion national debt. What's your plan to pay it off? Boom. Uh, not about me. You you said it earlier, the show, these long lead-ups with Wallace. As you said, these leading questions, like a, like a prosecutor yeah. leads the witness. Right. Uh, and, of course, it's always going to come from that one sort of media-dominant narrative. Um,
1: it's just pure steering. Yep. That's all that that's you all got from uh, Wallace. And uh, I don't know how old uh, Chris Wallace is, but he's got a, a tremendous amount of uh, criticism that's happening, but it's not explicit. It's implicit. Mm-hmm. It's, in, it's in what the other uh, commentators don't say, because they don't want to lose their contract. Whether it's Laura Ingram or Sean Hannity, you know they're not going to touch their paycheck. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. As much as they want it to be about principle, they're going to take off as much as they possibly can without actually crossing lines and open and uh, the line and openly criticizing their colleague Chris Wallace. He was despicable, despicable,
0: uh, D minus at best, F minus maybe. Uh, uh, um, uh, the it's, good it's, news for Trump fans is the next presidential debate uh, is going to be that open-ended sort of town hall. Event, I think that plays to Trump's strengths much, much better. I mean, you just see the way uh, most politicians have a real tin ear about the audience. They read their remarks on the on the teleprompter. When you watch Trump's rallies, it's very interesting. He reads a room very well. Um, he knows how far to take it. He knows when he needs to be funny, when he needs to be serious. He's a very skilled, um, or no, I know no one in, in the elites in this country would ever say that. They'd say he's a buffoon. I don't think anyone, I certainly not Joe Biden, can put on a type of rally like trump does it's it's a fascinating thing to watch the what I say the barn burner and the stem winders that he puts on, and so he's not going to be able to do that to the extreme that he can in a rally with 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 the uh, town hall audience, but I think he's going to do much better and he's also much more relatable, even though he's a billionaire somehow he's much more relatable than a forty seven year professional fed Paul and i I think uh, the second debate's going to go a lot better for the president, I think it's going to be much harder for uh, the narrative to be spun uh, that we know ahead of time is going to be all, you know, president lost another debate. So
1: I think that's an important word, the word orator. Um, I think the way to sort of grasp exactly what an orator is, is someone who can seize the mood mm-hmm. of the moment, understand the gravity of what they're saying, and have the intellect to be able to sort of noodle through all the various uh, portions and positions in a way that's present, conscious. And relatable, and I think that uh, you know, for the most part, I think he feels uh, he, he feels that. So I think that's a fair word uh, to use. That uh, it's a a, a a word that not softly used, and I think that that is something that he has that Biden, and certainly you remember the gas from Barack Obama. He could not speak extemporaneously not in, in in the way that uh, Donald Trump can. No, no. I,
0: I mean, it's amazing to see. When I talk about. Trump doing these things like they used to do in the 30s, you know, on that on that uh, sort of Cornhusker circuit. I mean, they would stand up in the on the back of a train or back of a truck. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't. There, there was no teleprompter in 1934, uh, and it's it's amazing to watch. And I don't always agree with what I'm hearing from, Don, from Donald Trump, but I I love to watch those rallies. And when when he elicits comments from women in Alabama, you're one of us. Uh, that's you know the example I always go back to. Um, I, I I do think that crowd is going to play better. Now he's not going to be able to be his usual bombastic self in a town hall forum, but he will be able to make more of a connection with people. I think uh, than dealing with a <clears throat> uh, let's say the son, uh, the prince uh, Michael Michael Mike Wallace's. Uh, I wonder how Chris Wallace went so far in media, given that his father was on the most popular news program for what forty years, uh, sixty minutes. I you know, do you think do you think Chris had had Daddy's Rolodex open a lot of opportunities for him?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's uh, the, the ultimate nepotism. When I think of Orator, I'm one of the greatest speakers of our time, and you go back to your favorite actor, Daniel Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh. Uh, do you mind if I play this? I mean, it may not go be exactly it. fit, but it, it popped into my head when I think of uh, someone... Who can actually convince, and that's what you're doing. It's Politics is the, really the art of convincing, oh, sure. you know, selling. And, and there was nothing convincing last night of, of Biden. Uh, you're only picking Biden because you hate Trump, but uh, let's go back uh, to this uh, but wonderful uh, display here. Daniel Day-Lewis from the movie, There Will Be Blood.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, I've traveled over half our state to be here tonight. I couldn't get away sooner because my new well was coming in at Coyote Hills and I had to see about it. That well is now flowing at 2,000 barrels, and it's paying me an income of $5,000 a week. I have two others drilling, and I have 16 producing at Antelope, so... Ladies and gentlemen, if I say I'm an oil man, you will agree. Now, you have a great chance here. bear in mind, you can lose it all if you're not careful. Out of all men that beg for a chance to drill your lots, maybe one in 20 will be oil men. The rest will be speculators. That's men trying to get between you and the oil men to get some of the money that ought by rights come to you. Even if you find one that has money and means to drill, he'll maybe know nothing about drilling. You'll have to hire the job out on contract, and then you're depending on a contractor. who will rush the job through so he can get another contract just as quick as he can. This is the way that this works.
0: What is your offer? We're we're wasting time. Please. please.
2: I do my own drilling. And the men that work for me work for me, and they are men I know. I make it my business to be there and to see their work. I don't lose my tools in the hole and spend months fishing for them. I don't botch the cementing off and let water in the hole and ruin the whole lease. I'm a family man. I run a family business. This is my son and my partner, H.W. Plainview. We offer you the bond of family that... Very few oil men can understand. Okay, so we're talking to... I'm fixed like no other company in this field, and that's because my Coyote Hills well has just come in. I have a string of tools already to put to work. I can load a rig onto trucks and have them here in a week. I have business connections so I can get the lumber for the derrick. Such things go by friendship in a rush like this. And this is why I can guarantee to start drilling and to put up the cash to back my word. I assure you, ladies and gentlemen, no matter what the others promise to do, when it comes to the showdown, they won't be there.
0: It's a
1: fabulous movie, and uh, so convincing, it never has to actually state exactly uh, what he will be delivering, but only the promise that he will be there all the way through. Yeah, and yeah. you get that sort of uh, feeling, I think, uh, with Donald Trump, and oh, not in questions. a swindler's way in uh, in the empty suit, the cheap suit. Uh, and uh, you always judge a man uh, by his uh, the, the fruits of his labor. And this was a man who knows how to get the edge and uh, was an un- just one of the un- – I'm going to go watch that movie tonight. It's so good.
0: Uh, yeah, it's so I th- grippy. And I think, I think Trump is – <sighs> What, what what I was reading a piece this morning about Tr- Trump is the embodiment what, it was a leftist whining that you know, oh, Trump is so awful, and we saw more of his awfulness last night. Why does his base support him no matter what? It, it, they see him as the embodiment of everything that is the opposite of the core corruption of Washington, so they are willing to extend Donald Trump a lot of leeway <laughs> on his behavior, his past, you know things things he may have said and done in the past because. I think he needs to say in one of these final debates, look right at the camera and say, ladies and gentlemen, I was elected, the American people elected me president in 2016 because I am everything that Joe Biden is not. What you see across the aisle from me here is 50 years of enriching himself, enriching his family at the expense of you, the taxpayer, always putting the needs of whatever is popular in Washington, whatever the media elites care about, whatever academia cares about, uh, I am. I was elected and I want to continue doing the job that I was elected to do another four years. And I'm glad, I thank you, Joe, for winning the nomination and, and, and being the, uh, what did he say last night? I am the Democratic Party. I am the Democratic Party. For, for, for being the living embodiment because you stand for everything I was elected to oppose. And to the extent that you and your friends hate me, I wear your scorn as a badge of honor and i think that could really bring some of those final couple of percentage points his way people know that there's something deeply rotten at the core of the country we talked about elite abuse of you know sexual abuse of people it runs so much deeper it's financial it's sexual um it's people who benefit from you know corporate welfare people who benefit from gaming the financial system that is real uh, just because a lot of populism is nonsense that uh, that that is not nonsense there are people who are out there praying uh, and, and working the system uh, and praying on sort of good, good hardworking folks who still believe in those traditional values. So I am not at all convinced that this election is over. I think Trump is still very much in this. Um, and I think he just needs to be a little more direct than, than he was last night uh, and, and really look at people a little more directly and, and draw that distinction more. And, and I think he may get those last few votes he needs to get, o- get over the top.
1: Yeah, that was uh, mesmerizing in terms of the way that you phrased that, and and I was in the room and the third debate as Trump was finishing off and he was rattling off uh, those exact words, and I think you're right. That would close it. It's a way of connecting, and as I alluded to or stated explicitly yesterday, I should say this was the man that we always had wanted but never knew existed, the man who was not a politician, the man who was – uh, pulled himself by his own bootstraps, the man who had risked it all and lost it on a number of tosses, uh, you know, to, to bring back uh, Rudyard Kipling's uh, If Poem. I mean, this is the man that we were looking for. And uh, realizing that dream of what the best of America could be, uh, the Democrats realized that and realized that they it was all or nothing. This was their stop. This is why I continue to tell you. In one way or another, the Democrat Party will not exist by 2024 mm. in the event that somehow, some way, and I told you this, uh, if they actually do win this election, the results coming from a Joe Biden uh, travesty of a presidency will be so God awful that there'll be such a complete and total rejection of this that we will get it back and you will find that the saving grace will be the fact that you have a six to three judiciary, which will save this country. Oof. So for whatever happens in the Senate, whatever happens in the house, whatever happens in the executive, it will be that piece of paper that we will be celebrating on uh, July 4th, 2026 <laughs> celebrating 250 years a quarter of a millennia and we will say to ourselves we live in the greatest country in the world and it doesn't it it's not dependent upon people it's dependent upon the people who created this document 250 years ago.
0: Yeah, and I think the great tragedy so far of the Trump era has been the whether it's professional historians, you know, the, the great the alleged deep thinkers in Washington and New York and, and California who have completely failed to understand. Instead of trying to understand why Trump has the support he does and why his message resonates with so many people, and frankly I have problems with some of his message, but clearly striking that uh, striking that chord, uh, a man who never served in the military and was not a governor or a senator being elected to the president, I don't think that's happened in American history. Obviously there's something there. And instead of trying to sort of dissect it and figure out and, and maybe even see where, well, God forbid, Trump might be right on a couple of things, um, it's the vitriol, the hatred. You, you, you threaten our power base. Uh, you threaten to overturn the apple cart. And so we're going to make up. I mean, has any man in American history had as many things thrown at him as Donald Trump, whether you like him or not? I mean, from impeachment to the daily pounding by the media, uh, the entire educational establishment in this country is teaching kids to hate Donald Trump, uh, on and on and on. And, um, it's, it's, it's a tragedy because we could have come together. And I think there would have been some common ground, certainly on the blue collar Reagan Democrats. Uh, Definitely, I don't think any of them are left. I guess not in elective office, but there could have been uh, some commonalities, some some, uh, some compromises reached on that uh, within the broader Trump agenda. But we have an elite. You're right, Eddie. I mean, if if Biden is elected, and I'm I'm not a big believer in political activism. Um, We don't, the Democrat Party is not JFK's party anymore. It's not Bill Clinton's party. It's not even Barack Obama's party anymore. I mean, it's really kind of frightening. Barack Obama didn't push for single payer health care. They never got cap and trade under, under Barack Obama. There's a whole, gun control basically went nowhere under Barack Obama. Uh, what has happened now with this cultural revolution it's a different animal. Uh, so what, what, what little I can do, whether it's on the radio every day or actually going out and voting, uh, I'm, I'm going to do. We are in a dark hour for our country. Uh, I don't...
1: It wouldn't be called activism. I think that's more of the phrase that millennials uh, will use. Hmm. And, in fact, people who are pursuing a political science degree, unlike the one that I attained at the University of Mexico, or economics degree, unlike the one I attained, I wasn't uh, using it for the purposes of changing society, creating a revolution, right. or becoming right. an activist. Mm-hmm. So many times you uh, see these people who are so disconnected, didn't pay attention to their parents while they were in high school, uh, hardly were any good to themselves uh, 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 during that uh, period of time. But suddenly they're know-it-alls and walk around because they know how to use an Apple iPhone and find information and uh, know the words to uh, Cardi B's WAP. (laughs) And they can uh, say, you know what, I should be in charge of things. And, you know, the problem is, is these people do not pay um, the dues. Mm. You know, uh, I've always said to myself, I don't mind being low man on the totem pole and, you know, learning uh, through that. You want to learn how to do every job just if you were starting a business. And, you know, I, w- I would say this. Those are not the t- people that we want leading our country. We want the people who have the uh, the battle scars, uh, who have been through things. And Joe Biden has not. He's been insulated by a uh, Washington, D.C., elite he was 28 years of age, and that's a U.S. Senate, a U.S. House, and a a government uh, which has protected him and his, uh, you know, he is the man in the uh, allegory of the cave. He really is. He's staring at the shadows of what's really happening out here in America. He has no idea, no idea uh, whatsoever. And uh, with that being said, Politico had a nice write-up that I I think I wanted you to address, uh, facing questions about whether or not uh, Biden should skip the debate. And I can clearly see the Democrats wanting to do this. And the main reason why is they're going to say, yeah, we got the win. Trump's too crazy. We're not going to get involved in that type of thing again. We're just going to go out and uh, win the election. We need to get that guy out of the White House. I think that might be the play that uh, the Democrats are going to go with. I doubt we'll see another debate.
0: Really? Okay. OK,
1: just just throw it yeah, out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, say
1: that strongly, uh, stronger than I actually think. it. I, I, El
0: Rushbow, our 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 uh, the, the man who started this industry, said Biden would not show up for that debate. So I don't I didn't get to listen today to see if if if, uh, if he was apologizing to us. Um, I don't know. I mean, this uh this uh, Rosenberg, Simon Rosenberg, former senior consultant for the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. Uh, moderator should have the ability to cut off his mic and split screens should be limited. Uh, Let them talk to the American people without the other facial expressions and interruptions registering. It's interesting. The debate commission is now saying, "Well, we may have to take precautions. Um,
1: We need to make this thing tighter, more law and order." Yeah, yeah. (laughs) we don't need any more riots. Joe won't say law and
0: order, (laughs) right? But but we need we need more law and order. Um, You know, I don't know. It's it's there was a Sean Trend, uh, who was a a political analyst, was saying, "You know, last night's debate wasn't about the professional politicos trying to score it by traditional metrics. Misses the uh, point." Uh, he was—he's uh, something. Uh, he wa- he wanted to project dominance, and he certainly did that. He wanted to send a message that he was in in charge, uh, and he ser- he seriously did that. Uh, the interrupting and refusal to answer questions was off-putting for me, but I recognized that I was not the target audience. Um, you know, a lot of Americans—I'm uh, sure that resonated with a lot of Americans. And the other issue is, if you're Donald Trump, and every day you take a pounding that no president has ever taken, when that gate opens and your horse your horse jumps out of the gate, there. Um, you, you, you want to defend yourself. I mean, you want to be swinging haymakers right and left. Uh, on that level, I, I can't blame the guy all that much for, for the interruptions and the and the kind of... Uh,
1: 76 interruptions by Chris Wallace of Donald Trump, only 15 for Biden, 34 minutes for Biden, 23 minutes uh, for Donald Trump. That's the official tail of the tape, uh, if you will. Um, Let's talk very quickly here in the last uh, couple of minutes. Uh, you prepared some information with regard to the coronavirus, and uh, just in time... Uh, as you know, is going to happen. A number of Democratic states are reporting record outbreaks. Absolutely. Um, and uh, we knew that this would happen. We're not getting any indications to the number of hospitalizations, any indications to whether or not these are actually active infections or these are antibody right. and infections, and uh, we're not getting any false positive uh, reports. What we're getting is this alarmist look at, look at how Donald Trump failed, and this is the COVID-19 election, folks. So uh, quickly race us through three minutes.
0: Yeah, uh, Tony Fauci, ladies and gentlemen, our our beloved Tony Fauci. I call him Fuhrer Fauci. Uh, The United States is not in a good place, according to to Tony Fauci. And the numbers, uh, state after state, Connecticut has its worst single-day bump in coronavirus. Uh, Iowa reporting new cases. Florida, University of Michigan, uh, the number of students in University of Michigan residence halls have nearly doubled with corona testing positive in the past week. Uh, Maine, the numbers are up. Tennessee Titans, young, strong NFL players have have, have, uh, contracted the RONA, I guess the... They're postponing the game between the Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. To me, ladies and gentlemen, this simply suggests that the Rona is continuing to make its way into the population. As we always knew, the Dan Butterfield hypothesis, uh, high, uh, high, the uh, uh, herd immunity is how we should have fought this. Dr. scrace, our beloved Dr. Disgrace here in New Mexico, that really is a challenge for me to accept that. According to him, we're back in the red, many of the counties in New Mexico, back in a terrible red zone. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we either you either have it, you had it, or you're gonna get it. We know that the survival rate is for 19, 19 and under 5%. 99.997 for 19 and under. We know that the survival rate for people between 50 and 69 is 99.5%. That is the CDC figure for the survival rate. Um, the Rona is making its way through the population, and uh, I just it's it was it was always going to do it. It's highly uh, contractable, but it's not highly fatal. Uh, we need to protect our old people. What we were saying, in, some of us were saying in week one, we need to hunker down, quarantine for the people most at risk, and then let it go through the population uh, and, and, and attain that herd immunity. Sweden is looking better and better and better. We can't stop this thing. We just have to be smart about it and not wreck our economy. Governor, if you're listening, I'm sure by now, after six months of
1: this nightmare, you're
0: willing to turn things around.
1: Yeah, am getting your ass handed right? to you uh, day after day. <laughs> one after of the highest unemployment
0: day. rates in the country, New Mexico.
1: Yeah, there we go. Number five. Yeah. That's uh, number
0: that's where things stand. Oh, by
1: the way, I saw this ridiculous report last night. I was actually uh, watching it on the YouTube and the rerun. On, it comes on YouTube, and the entire city's up in arms. Questions raised over the Trump bumper sticker that's on a, one oh, of the yes, vehicles. Yes. Like, like, like this was breaking news. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh yep. my gosh! You can't express yourself at the Bernalillo County. What were you thinking? Hey,
0: you know, we, well, I, apparently, if you're a state employee or a local employee, and you, you use your time to lobby for the left, you're fine. But if you yeah. slap a Trump sticker on, and in all probability this was not even the employee. Somebody probably just slapped it on in, in the parking lot. And <laughs> okay. so we had we had to have news coverage of this. I think it was a KOB.
1: Yeah, yeah, KOB. <laughs> Scandal. Right. See you tomorrow 4 p.m. Bill O'Reilly is next down. Great job. Thank, Thank you sir. everybody for listening. And uh, for those of you heading out to Epstein Ranch, see you there.